0: Get off the fence. Live on Memphis' sports station, 92.9 FM ESPN. Mother, can you hear me whining? It's been
1: three whole weeks since that I have left your
2: home. Welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn Dennis Fuller, producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from is the Kershaw Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGnato Mark, good day, sir. I'm excited, Jeffrey. About
1: to hop on a plane after this show. Head to L.A. It's going to be a good weekend, I think, for everyone. You, me, Grizzlies fans everywhere. I think I got good vibe. Maybe not weekend, I should say. I think it's going to be a good trip to L.A. for the Grizzlies. They're 0-3 there this year. hmm And it feels like it's not just 0-3. It feels like some of the worst losses of the year have occurred in Los
2: Angeles this year. Both. So I was trying to think about that. Isn't that partly though because it just feels like it was bad timing. Let I me mean, let's be well, clear. Those, well, to be clear, the worst road trip of the year was in Denver. Well, it was but Denver, it was, and then they went it, to LA for a few in, days. They closed in LA.
1: It, no, well, they remember it was right after Denver. They went to LA for two games. Right, That's Lakers, Clippers, lost them both. Were shell shocked. Then, kind of righted themselves during Jaw's absence. Won I think like six well, or seven.
2: I believe that was the return the the no apparent reason win against the Warriors at home. Yes, that was part
1: of the six of seven. Yes, and but so you have but you had the the o and, Sh- the zero Sh- five road trip. You had the Shan- well the Shannon Sharp game mm-hmm. where you absolutely like honestly probably they only blew a couple leads this whole season. The worst one was probably that Shannon Sharp game. Like they dominated that game for three quarters and then just like. In the last two three minutes, like remember, Dez had some uh, like
2: a turnover he never the sort of turnover well, he then, never has. And then didn't Tyus like of all people didn't he have the turnover? I don't remember exactly. I just remember there maybe were, someone remember Bane uh, had the ball
1: knocked out of his hands. Maybe it was
2: late. Maybe it was Bane and Tyus
1: was behind him. But I then fre- they missed free throws too. Like- I just remember it. I just remember it. One because of the Shannon Sharp incident, and two because of the way they blew the game. It was like, and it happened to be on that bad road trip. It was just a particularly bad loss, and then the two games you played in L.A. right after Ja, you know, has the incident with the gun and leaves the team. Like those were like very. Remember the, both the games well, the, were kind of like afterthoughts because you were well, wondering the,
2: what the hell is going to happen with Ja. Well, remember the first half of that Clippers game was in, or the third quarter was insane. Remember they had the the quarter of the year. Yes. Where, like they put up, was it fifty-one or something? Yeah, yeah. In the and then quarter. they
1: lost the game.
2: And then they lost. They were up like double digits to the fourth quarter, and then they lost.
1: Uh, so like two out of three games they played there were like blown leads, you know, like bad blown leads. Um, and so it's it's been the site of some not so pleasant results. But now you return for some redemption. Well, unfinished business. Unfinished business. Redemption. You just the. The pressure now, because you won that game and you won it without Ja, and you might get Ja Morant back for Game Three. The pressure is on the Lakers to win Game Three.
2: Oh wow! The pressure is the on, the Lakers. on the Lakers, huh?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. If the Grizzlies go up two-one, they like the Grizzlies just have to split going to going to L.A. There's
2: pressure. Wouldn't that Wouldn't that mean there's also pressure in Game Four? Well, yes. No, no, no.
1: If, let's be clear. If the Grizzlies lose this game three, the pressure will be like if the, you know, it shifts back and forth. It's a series. But the yes, if the Grizzlies go down two one, then all the pressure in game four will be on the Grizzlies. But tonight uh, tomorrow night, first Lakers playoff game, home playoff game in like a decade with a full crowd. First home playoff game with a full crowd of the LeBron era in L.A. A lot of pressure on the Lakers in game three. Could one make
2: the argument, it's better for the, like, are they better off putting their backs against the wall? Because, like, I think part of, part of Wednesday night was they played with a different, like, a different desperation. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. So that's what I'm saying. Do you maybe, I don't know, maybe you punt game, you punt game three so that you get desperate in game four. You just got to get a split. What will we be talking about coming out of the weekend into Monday? The strategy of wins and losses.
1: Very interesting. We're going to dive into it here to start off today's show. Uh, 240 or so, Blake Topmeyer will join us. We'll talk some college football with him. I want to, I want to get his thoughts on what's going on in this Tennessee uh, NCAA case where there are literally like Tennessee reporters, University of Tennessee football reporters, just like sitting. It appears just sitting in a lobby in Cincinnati and like the only time they actually see the people involved in the NCA hearing is when they're like, you know, walking the walking the catering line, you know, to get mm-hmm. some get, get lot during
2: lunch break. Walking the catering line all the while, like off the record, just trashing Jeremy Pruitt. And like, seems. yeah, what is like, what is
1: going on in mm-hmm. Cincinnati relating to Tennessee football? I want to get Blake Topmeyer's thoughts
2: on that. Uh, Three o'clock. Is it or- Cincinnati or Covington? Usually these things are at like an embassy because well, the, in the airport is in Covington. Yeah.
1: The, the Cincinnati airport's in Covington. I, I don't know. We'll- – We'll see what Blake we'll see if Blake's done some investigating. Yeah, on this.
2: I remember uh Neil when Neil was covering the old Miss One. It was at that embassy in Covington.
1: Mm, okay. Mm. Well, that could be the case. Um then we'll get into the list at three o'clock or so. Uh we'll talk more about the Memphis stadium uh happenings, the monies that the city has uh, gotten its hands on. Um also uh plenty uh more and then three thirty so we got, we got- we got a gambling scandal. Oh, um, excuse me. I for, Yeah, I forgot to put it in my notes. Five NFL players suspended for gambling. Correct. Related uh, transgressions,
2: uh, including so,
1: a, including a commander. Yes. Yes. I know. I, for, I didn't even. I,
2: I don't even know who he now, is. There's nothing worse than when you see uh, someone on your team got suspended. And you're like, I have no idea. Who I don't know. Is it? it yeah.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Like, yeah. I guess he plays special teams yeah. sometimes. And then you're like, I still don't remember him. Yeah. But what, I would say this feels like it's more acceptable for him to be gambling on football like the fringe roster guy than say like Jameson Williams like a guy See,
2: I could make the argument the other way. If you're a fringe roster guy, like you are the ultimate Yeah, why are you taking that risk? Yeah. It's yeah. The seen but not heard. Like yeah. good point. Now, again, we don't know money situation, so there's lots to get into, but I I, want to get into that because there are a couple of details I thought were laugh-out-loud funny.
1: And then 3.30, uh, he was flying yesterday during his normal time slot. Eric Hasseltine, voice of the Memphis Grizzlies on 92.9 FM ESPN, he'll join us from Los Angeles next hour. So lots and lots to get to, but what are we going to be talking about coming out of the weekend? Because coming out of the weekend, our Monday show will be leading into Game 4. And so... Someone's gonna be up 2 one. Grizzlies or Lakers? That is, I believe that is true. Yes. Let me see if that checks Th- out. That is an accurate statement. I yes. double checked it. Yes,
2: that is. You are correct.
1: How do you see this? H- how do you see this? I, I just, I just pres- laid out the proposal of, you know what? The pre- like, the pressure's off the Grizzlies because they won without Ja. Now there's not pressure. To rush Jaw back, like if Ja if Ja like ultimately decided I need a, I need a little more time, he could sit out Game Three, and it's not a big deal.
2: So it, this, this is, I think, this is, a, this is a good place to start because I think this will be the first thing that we're talking about on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's number one: Did job ja play? Yeah. And then number two: How did he play? If he played, how did he play? Yeah. Because what we've typically seen is when Jaw returns from injury or an extended layoff, so not. Not a rest game, if you will. It's it's always kind of a slower integration. Mm-hmm. I think the other trend that we've seen this year, I mean, don't you feel like Tyus played much better in game two than he did in game one? I mean, um, I think that basically goes for everyone except Jared. Yeah.
1: I mean, the only person who played well, yeah, the only person who really
2: played well in game one was Jared. Yes. But the trend has been this year. When Tyus starts, he plays a lot better than he does coming off the bench. So I think for me, it's not only does Ja play, it's, well, how did he play? Because, let's be real, we know what the conversation, let's say he plays and he, let's not even say he plays poorly, he just is fine. Mm-hmm. Let's let's say it's a, similar to game one, where we talked about it. he had like that little spurt Mm-hmm. Where he, like, he he had, I don't you know. Need, like, I mean, here's the reality. he had 10 po- Didn't he have, like, ten points? like He had two threes and then a couple layups. The question with Tyus when
1: he's coming off the bench rather than starting is what role is Jenkins using him in? Is he playing him a lot alongside Ja, which is something we could see because maybe Ja isn't going to be the greatest ball handler in the world with this hand? You know, maybe having a point guard out there with him, if you can make it work defensively, helps out Ja, you know, make maybe gives you the best version of him in this state, if you will, or in this, you know, with this injury. I don't know, I don't know the answer. Desmond Bain's a good enough ball handler to do that too. Uh so you don't necessarily need to play Tyus in that role. But if he's in that role, he's like, I mean, ultimately Tyus in this series, if Ja is playing, Tyus' main job, honestly, is to knock down Three yes, pointers, hundred like, percent. That is his job. Like
2: I think Ty it's is- not
1: to lead an offense. Yes, he's the point guard on the second unit, but he's not playing enough minutes with that in that backup role, where like it's good enough for him to just be like a floor general. Like what he re- what they really need from him is when someone penetrates the lane, he'd be a guy who's consistently knocking down three pointers from wherever, and he's been pretty good at that. But you know, he's not like. I wouldn't call him a dead eye shooter, but he's certainly like he's one of the best shooters Memphis has. I think.
2: No, I don't. You think it's fair to say Tyus off the bench and Kennard have the same the same job? Like it's to knock down shots. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah, when they're like, it's different
1: for Ty And when I with Tyus, I do think it's a little different in the sense that like I'm cool with him shooting that floater. Like he's good at that floater too. Like it's, it doesn't have to be just threes, but like I view him more honestly like. His usefulness is as to me, yes, it's like ultimately things are more organized. You know, like if you, it's a little more organized with Tyus out there than like Desmond when he's playing sure, point because guard. Because Tyus is a pure yes. point Yes, yes. And I agree with you. And if you, uh, like, there's value in that part of his game, obviously. But for the purposes of the playoffs, like, they need scores off the bench, they need production off the bench. And he's, you know, they're only going to play eight guys, I
2: think. Eight, nine, you know, maybe nine, but probably eight. So that was going to be my next question. Do you think, like, for instance, we talked about with, you know, with job being out, that means somebody's going to have to step up. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you got the AD stopper. Does, does Conchar now get yeah. extended minutes? I Did mean, anyone, I'll say this, I'll, I'll, all jokes aside, do you feel like anyone's game two performance is, do you feel like anyone's game two performance should lead to a different role, like more minutes? Well,
1: I just think I think it's a question of do you play Roddy or do you play Conchar, and I think you go Roddy just because <clears throat> you don't have a lot of big depth, big man depth, and he can play some four. I don't think Conchar can play the four. No, and I so, think that's fair. I and mean, me- and like let's just and like here's the reality again it goes back to like what do they need from their bench they need their bench to hit some shots yep. and roddy hit some shots in the last game conchar didn't and i know and conchar's a better defensive player but roddy did okay like you know like lebron got the better of him a few times but he, he also a, he wasn't a like a huge liability and he made some hustle plays yeah
2: i think i actually think the bigger question conchar's is conchar's
1: a good defender that's that's what you get with conchar right now like he had, in the play the playoff version of conchar is a guy you can't count on to be able to pull the trigger or yeah. hit the sh- hit shots. But he's still a guy who's active as a rebounder and a defender. I think the other question, though. And I'd rather have the guy who I saw hit some shots in game uh,
2: game two, I think. Does
1: and Gonchar's the, the type of player, like, you can, take,
2: you can put yeah, him on yeah, ice, yeah, take yeah, him yeah, off yeah, ice, yeah, no. whatever. He, he, yes. I think, for me, you know what the bigger question is at that part of the rotation? Mm-hmm. Do we need a discussion about Santi right now? I, I think in I think if Brandon Clark and Stephen Adams
1: were healthy, yes, but I at think this because point, they're it's not like,
2: healthy. He just he's tall. He, d- he grabbed a long. bunch of
1: rebounds in the last game. Yeah. It, you know, like yeah, he didn't knock down shots, but like with your depth, with the issues you have personnel wise down low, it, you can't really have that conversation, right? I don't think. Which leads he to- has to play a little. Maybe you maybe you minimize his minutes, but he's gonna have to play some minutes. To spell, you know, either Jaron or Tillman
2: inside. Okay, and then forgetting, like, the end of the rotation, like, let's go to the guys that are going to be on the floor the most. I think, for me, the biggest question heading into Game 3, like, we can get into the Dylan-LeBron thing in a minute, but I see if you agree with this. I think the biggest question for Game 3 is, did the Grizzlies stop Anthony Davis, or did Anthony Davis stop Anthony Davis? Yeah. Yeah. Like, did they really – did they – did they scheme up some stuff? Mm-hmm. Did they did they yeah. were they the reason that he was off or was he the reason
1: well, he? Was my off? gut tells me Anthony Davis's issues typically are Anthony Davis related. I tend to agree. Like and I, it, I think they did some like they what did I think, some stuff too. Like I I I What like, I think you saw in the first two games is kind of like you know in some ways I'm not saying it's every other game but like it's basically the reason why Anthony Davis is like a top 10, 15 player in the NBA and not a top five player in the NBA. He could be a top, and, and you know what, a few seasons ago he was maybe for a season there in New Orleans, you know, at a time he's been a top five player in the NBA, but mostly it's because, like, whether it's because of injury or a little bit of inconsistent or a little bit of, like, I don't know if inconsistency is the word as much as just, like, you know, he's kind of a guy who occasionally will float, you know? And, like, it, it just – he's dominant, and then he's, like, kind of – you're kind of like, why isn't he dominant? And then he's dominant, and then you're like, why isn't he dominant? That's, like, who he has been as a player his whole career. Um, but it also means he could be due for another dominant game in game three.
2: Yeah, I've always felt like it's not to the degree that you see with Towns where it's like this yeah. guy should no, be better. No, he's better
1: than Towns. Correct. And he's he's gone to of, like – John ja Morant situation, I would pick Game Four as opposed to Game Three. Like I think they're, I think we're coming back to Memphis, split two two. two.
2: But my guess is, at least that's your public stance. It's also mm-hmm. my private stance. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: uh, I'm sure. I'm sure the text messages will read that way. Y- yes, on Saturday night. Well, I
1: don't know. I don't know. You might not be on my text message mm-hmm. list yeah. anymore during games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, uh, you betrayed my trust. No, um, but. Nonetheless, I think the truth. I think game 3 is going to be a very charged atmosphere and it's you know, like uh, it's going to be a game that a team that was bad on the road during the regular season is you know honestly like that's not the type of game they've won all year. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that. I know it's the playoffs so it's different. It's just different. Um I I think they can win one game in LA though. And uh well to me
2: that that's actually The next question. Mm -hmm. Do the Grizzlies' road woes from the regular season still hold true? Because, again, this is the – admittedly, this is the ultimate small sample size. But I was very struck last night watching the Warriors and the Kings. Remember we talked about, like, how do you feel about the series? Like, I got to see – Well, it was – I got to see San Francisco – they look like it, they look like they did this year, they being the Warriors. But when they're on the road, they just they don't look good. And then you see them at home and they're they're pretty
1: good. I also think you have to factor in that there was a desperation level to the Warriors performance with the Draymond stuff, with the fact that they're down to nothing. I mean you have
2: to ask the first question. Mm. Are they better without it?
1: <laughs> um, they uh, same with the Bucks, they're better without Giannis? Correct. <laughs> um, but
2: well, I mean, and it I, was nice to see Draymond inspire the rest of the league last night. We got it a nut punch, we got a stomp. Uh by the way, neither will be suspended.
1: I uh my my other thing though is that I think the one the one caveat I have to this hold discuss this this question of, you know, whether it'll correlate how mm-hmm. bad they were on the road yeah. uh in the playoffs. Like it's it's hard for a good road team, you know, to win a playoff road game. Ultimately, like these are they, uh, winning a road game in the in a playoff series where it's like a relatively evenly matched series, you know, like the Grizzlies Lakers series. Like those things are like, you know, rubies. Yeah, they're 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 so valuable Um and you only have to do it once. Like, so I don't know if I put credence into the, like just because they've struggled in the regular season. I just think playoffs are so different. I don't know if like I I, I look at the Warriors, how they certainly they're better at home. They're a great home team. Uh, it's hard to beat them at the chase center but i also like think they were just you know ultimately the circumstances they were the more desperate team they needed that game way more than sacramento did um and that's why game 3 you know ultimately it's a it, it'll it'll it's you know ultimately it's hard to guess exactly how it's going to play out but uh, my my gut tells me the pressure is on the lakers to win that game um cuz if they go down 2-1 you know that is a fully loaded game four that they're going to face, you know, a really tense sort of situation if, you know, if they have to come back to Memphis down, you know, if Memphis could win two road games, that'd be obviously huge. Um,
2: So So I was trying to think back. I had gone, like, what was the biggest game I've seen in Staples Center? And there was, I want to say maybe a Monday night MLK game with Kobe where, it was a it was like a really big game admittedly this is dumb brain stuff mm-hmm. doesn't this also feel like the game where it's going to be like a be scene game like i feel like all the celebrities are going to be i'm gonna telling you out. it's going to be a lot yes i don't but i don't think that works against the grizzlies um that that's a uh, it's hard that's for, a social event that's yeah. not a basketball game like in the end I thought a huge part of Game 2, mm-hmm. everybody looked themselves in the mirror and said, I got to be better. Mm-hmm. And the crowd was much better. It will and be when fascinating when you, to you see which celebrities are there. When you get the celeb crowd, it's a lot of, like, I'm there to be seen. It's not really I'm there to pull the Lakers through, largely because, like, a lot of them are not really big Lakers uh, yeah. fans. I
1: don't yeah, – you know this better than me. I've never been to a game there, so I don't know – I, it's a massive arena. Yeah, what people have told me is like, yeah, the first three rows are like that, you know. It's like the be seen and be seen crowd, um, and obviously like suites and all that. But like that, the regular lower level and the, yeah, I guess it's a kind of a small upper level, like a so ter- their version of a terrace level, because there's a lot th- of suites.
2: Think, think the opposite of FedEx Forum. Yeah, like their lower bowl is huge. massive. Yeah, they were, they were. I mean,
1: it was a wisely constructed arena when you really think back because it was, like, built around the same time as FedEx
2: Forum. I think 99 or 2000, something like
1: that. and it was – now, I don't know if it's been renovated at all. Um, I mean,
2: they've done some, but they haven't, like, changed the – Yeah,
1: and it's, like, such – I mean, that is, like, the ideal place to have – like, whoever – I don't know. That is a moneymaker in that city because, like, literally, it's, like, every night there's something going on there.
2: Oh, yeah, there's – I mean, concerts, everything, yes.
1: I mean, like, right now, like, literally they had the Clippers last night the LA Kings are playing there tonight. The Lakers are playing there tomorrow. Like the Grizzlies had to go all the way to UCLA to practice. Oh, they didn't go to SC? I, I guess not. I mean, I don't know who's there. Um, or maybe it was like booked for something else already. But they yeah, they're today, I believe like right around now, they're uh practicing out in uh at UCLA. Westwood. Yeah, Westwood. There you go. Um so it'll uh
2: Yeah. All right. So then of course, I think at least, I don't know if this is the biggest question, in terms of like what happens on the basketball floor. Mm-hmm. But this will obviously be, from the national perspective, the biggest talking point. It's what does Dylan do? What does LeBron do? Agree? Yeah. yeah.
1: No. And and yeah, a little bit will be based on you know, is anything said today after practice? I assume the Grizzlies won't make Dylan available after practice, but LeBron could speak. About it. But, yeah, no, I think there's going to be a focus. I mean, honestly. This feels like a – hang on. Let's see. This feels like a Xavier. No, they had Xavier the other day, but you could get – Yeah, but, I mean, hey, listen, guys. Big playoff game, one of – No, this is the – Tyus. Well, Tyus was at the podium the, the, the other night. We could Maybe this could be Canard, potentially. Um, I'm just oh, sure.
2: oh, an L.A. return?
1: Yeah. No, they, they, that's exactly right. Canard will be one of them. And then – They'll have to, you know, they gotta give like they gotta give someone. They're not gonna give Ja. They, uh, Bane. It'll be like Bane.
2: You I could also see Jaron. I I feel like they're he not He just
1: talked the other day, though. I don't and he didn't and he's these uh Jared. shocker here. These guys like these guys aren't exactly like pushing each other out of the way to come speak to us on practice days when they don't have to.
2: I will say though, does it not feel like Jaron is very.
1: Could also get Conchar, honestly. Like you know, you never know. Like it just depends what they want to do
2: here. If you're the Grizzlies, it is amazing. They really, the, the operation over there is like an SEC football program. Like I just, I'm, I'm taken back to the days where I was covering Ole Miss, and we talked to Mike Hilton for like the 17th straight time. <laughs> like, and Mike, I love Mike Hilton. Good dude. Happy for all the success that he's had. But it's like they've been better
1: this year. They're letting them talk a little longer this year. It felt like last year. Uh, they they would like cut guys off like three or four minutes in. And it's like hey, you know come right. On, but a little, you also have do a little... have, you have
2: to factor this in. The NBA does have some say in making players available and oh, whatnot. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. but let's be clear: if they did not, it would be like an SEC football program. Like you oh, would l- Let's be clear: two they
1: handpicked. Even right dial now, tones. whatever whatever is spelled out in that NBA rulebook, mm. that is what they do. Correct. You know, they're not like gonna go. You know, like you know, is there it, is there a footnote? Do we have to on on. Certain days. Um, but nonetheless, it'll be uh they're not the only ones in the league. So um but I'm 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 excited for these two for these two games. I think uh we got ourselves a a series here. It's gonna I, I think there's gonna be a lot of drama in LA. Shocker. Um going to Hollywood. Like I mean honestly, like, are you maybe this is like whatever you wanna call it, like uh sensational of me, but like I'm also kinda curious. Like, is the whole Shannon Sharp thing going to be a thing? He's definitely going to be at the games. You know it, you know? Well,
2: but that's that's a different question. Being at the game is very different than being front row, like, on a well, ride Why those are his tickets? Like, he goes— to Are the we gym. sure that—let me tell you how it usually works. <laughs> they get them from, like, someone— yeah. They're
1: agent. Yeah. The, they're the agent's tickets. I thought he's had a lot of games, though, sitting in those seats. And again,
2: it's entirely possible— but it's one thing to be. It's also like I mean I feel like it's sh- one thing to be at a lot of the games. It is another thing to have those seats come first playoff game and what did we say like first real playoff game. And oh, it looks like yeah he's not a season ticket holder. So at least some I'm telling you. About it. Typically the way that that well, we're gonna works get we're is, gonna
1: you yeah, know Denzel will be there right. He's, oh for he's sure. a big Lakers Den- guy. Well, we get –
2: Jack was spotted like a – he doesn't go out in public very much I, anymore. I don't think Jack's in great health.
1: Yeah. No, I think this, his
2: birthday was yesterday, though, maybe.
1: There was, there was some some paparazzi got a shot of him, like, looking very disheveled yeah. outside of his house. I was like, I don't need to – like, yeah, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I, I would love Let's to see, see a picture of Jack Nicholson if he's dolled up and looking like yeah. Jack Nicholson. I don't need to see a picture of Jack Nicholson not looking like Jack Nicholson.
2: I guess the problem though is at 86 is like is no, he I ever I know they don't they
1: don't show me that I don't want to see I the have picture some decorum.
2: Yeah. I I, I don't
1: want to see the picture. It's you know who's paying for this?
2: Who wants to Michael see Michael B. Jordan's been a lot of them. Yeah. Um I'm sure my wife will be on the lookout for him.
1: Can we get like Justin Timberlake showing up, you know, to support the Grizzlies maybe?
2: I he's I don't he's in Nashville. Is he? Okay. Yeah, he moved to Nashville. I don't think he's been doing a bunch of Lakers games lately. Gotcha. Okay. I think he goes to more Grizzlies games than Lakers games. But, you know, he I mean, probably I'm sure still he's, got a place in I'm LA. Sure.
1: Come on. His wife is a. Um, but, yeah. They used to go. He used to go to Lakers No, he games did. But
2: I, I think, I'm telling you, he's, okay. he moved away. This is a big enough game, though. You know, he's a Grizzlies do guy. Do we see the Boston guys? What do you mean, Boston guys? Like the Wal, well, no, Wahlberg's in uh, Vegas now. Yeah. But, like, Damon. Like, LL Cool J. Isn't he a big um, Lakers guy? Yeah. Yeah. Diane Cannon, is that still a
1: thing? I know she still goes, but I don't know if she's like people view her as. Uh,
2: I don't know. I'm telling you, like, this, this, that's what fascinates me. Yeah. This is going to be. Ice Cube. This is like the Be Seen event. Like, for instance, as oh. I said, Shannon Sharp can get those seats.
1: For the regulars. On a season. Friday for night. January 20th. Well,
2: is it, was it January or is it February?
1: It's January 20th.
2: Yeah. It's an entirely different thing to get the first home playoff game, like, real home well, playoff and, like, game yeah, in yeah, 10 no, years. Yeah. No, it's,
1: it, it is like, I, it is going to be a big event. It feels a Saturday night in L.A. Um, and then I, I honestly think, like, I know there's some people who are, like, kind of off-put by what Dylan did, but, like,
2: you oh, know. Oh, did you not see I put up a poll, a scientific poll today?
1: Yeah, what I actually was listening. I was taking my kids to the doctor when when you put together kids the poll. Kids or kid? Well, both, you got kids, two? both kids went. Oh, God. Only one had a check. It was, like, not his yet. checkup. <sighs> Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> well, it, well, no, that was that was like I the trade-off. I'm leaving oh. for I'm leaving oh, for LA I, I for really the weekend.
2: Don't. Oh man! So I had that's... to spend
1: all morning. That's why I was coming in hot because I was I had to spend oh. all morning so she could like you know have some I just her feel time. just so bad,
2: but there's nothing I can do. My hands are tied.
1: Listen, this is a work trip, yes, Jeffrey. Of course, okay, a this trip. is a work trip. All uh-huh. right, we will not be going to the beach. Mm-hmm. We will not. Well, the beaches suck. They're rocky.
2: They're cold. Like, the water's cold. I know cold. you hate. I've the, been to the beach. There's in, no in, cool. You can't. Like, can't but I just be. There's I'm no parking. Saying. All they do is try to hand out freaking parking tickets when all you want to do is go have a nice well, afternoon at the beach. I'm not, not going to have a car,
1: so you know. It, but but it'll. Uh, it's a work trip. Hmm. Business yeah, trip. It's a business trip,
2: but yes. So um, uh, sixty-one point eight percent, and uh, and again, I stressed. Lakers fans could not vote, so they couldn't manipulate the vote. Mm -hmm. It was for Grizzlies fans only. As a Grizzlies fan, how do you feel about the Dylan comments Mm -hmm. uh, about LeBron? 61.8% said, go, Dylan, go. Okay. 38.2% said, what are you doing, man?
1: All right. Hey, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a significant, in a presidential election, that's that's a big win. That's a landslide. That's a big win. Um, So there you go. But I think it is going to create, it will, I do think, all kidding aside, like, the, the whole back and forth is, like, whatever, ultimately. Like, Dylan chose to do it, and, I you know, I don't take him that seriously, honestly, because he just does it so much now. And,
2: and you cover him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I from, like, an actual how's it going to affect the game, I think we've talked a lot about, like, will LeBron try to take over and show Dylan up? Like, and the other aspect of it is, like, will Dylan overreact to getting, like, Yes, he gets booed all the time, but this is going to be like that Golden State game in terms of intensity, right?
2: Uh It's going to be similar. Well, I mean, first off, that he committed murder. Yes. Uh, he committed murder last year. So, I mean, obviously It's it going to be yeah. that
1: I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be worse I don't or anything, but it's going to be that type of that type of vitriol anytime he touches the ball, especially early, and how's he going to react to that? it's going to be that? as intense as that. That it's gonna maybe not, but it's going to be
2: much more well, so than here, your normal well, booing. Here would be the case that it actually will be, even though he didn't commit murder like he did last year. Mm-hmm. It's like a that that incident, this incident. It's yeah, like he's now much it's, more it's a bigger player. He's, he's a, like
1: honestly, let's be honest. His foul on Gary Payton was like his introduction to a lot of people nationally. Thanks like, to Siefker. <laughs> and now he's had like a whole year, like his Q ratings up in terms of the villain Q rating. I don't rating know if his is Q ratings up. His... <laughs> he's, I mean, now he is viewed, honestly, like let's just be real. He is viewed in the same category as Draymond Green and Patrick Beverly. Like he's maybe not, those guys are still the OGs ahead of him. But he's in, like if you were to go tier, like put, a, put together a tier of NBA villains, Dylan is now in the top tier with those two guys.
2: Yeah, I think he's closer to Beverly than he is Draymond, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think Dray- Draymond's got I mean, Draymond's got many more years on him. Correct. No, you know, it's, like, it's, like, it's,
2: like, he literally just got a lifetime achievement <laughs> suspension. Yeah, like so, that's 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 great. But work. so, how
1: does Dylan harness that ultimately? Is it harnessed for good or harnessed for not so yeah, good?
2: For more, more and more shots. All right. When we come back, Blake Topmeyer joins the program. Eric will join us during hour number two. Stick around Houston listen to Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the next generation 10G network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey show on 92.9 FM ESPN.
2: The first inning is unpredictable. You can place a no-run first inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first-inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game. If only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks and official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Log into your account or sign up with BetMGM today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, 21 years of age or older to wager, Tennessee-only, new and existing customer offer, opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Blake Top the SEC columnist. For the USA today Sports Network his podcast SEC Football Unfiltered available each and every week wherever you get your podcast on Twitter at B. Topmeyer. All right Blake let, let's go to something we haven't talked about. I want to get to we'll get to this like actual football stuff in a minute. But Mark has been very fascinated with the with the Tennessee NCAA case. Mm-hmm. Tell, yeah, this Blake, is from the outside looking in. This is my this is my reaction. Um it looks like they're just running a big smear campaign on Jeremy Pruitt. Well, Blake, can I just
1: I, I just want to interject here real quick mm-hmm. before we get into the actual specifics. Like it feels like to me everyone just went up to like Cincinnati and it's just like watching these guys go in and out of a, a like a hotel conference room. Um yeah. Can can you clarify?
2: Are they in Cincinnati or Covington? Um, I believe it's in Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I think it's in Cincinnati. But it's like, it's almost like daily perp walks for Jeremy Pruitt. (laughs) Um, and then, but you like no actual real details from what's going on in there. It all just seems like very, uh, I don't know, clown. It's just very ridiculous to me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is hap, this obviously, obviously probably happened in the past. People covering these types of hearings, but it, it all just seems very, uh, I don't see how this is really – is this really benefiting the University of Tennessee? Is it really worth whatever money they're trying to save from paying in terms of Jeremy Pruitt's buyout?
3: Well, I think the the part for Tennessee is they're facing a level one failure to monitor charge. And I think Tennessee's PR machine has been very effective here. And, and like you said, the smear campaign on Jeremy Pruitt – Um, Now, the smear campaign has also been effective because Jeremy Pruitt and his underlings, according to the NCAA, uh, were flouting the rules and doing so very sloppily. So he made himself an easy target. Um, I'm not really sympathetic to his his plight here. Uh, He faces a a slew of level one charges um, and so did members of his staff. But, you know, it's not I think a lot of people get this misconstrued. They think it's Tennessee versus Jeremy Pruitt. That's not the case. This is the NCAA versus Tennessee, and it's also the NCAA versus Jeremy Pruitt. They both face level one violations. And to me, and I wrote about this a couple weeks ago, Jeremy Pruitt was the sideshow in this whole deal across these two-day hearings because, yeah, he's, they, they, the NCAA and Tennessee have thrown the book at him. I think it's very, very likely, unless he was able to pull a rabbit out of his hat behind closed doors up there this week, which I find very unlikely. I, I think he's headed for a show cause penalty. The only question is how many years? I think the better, the, the, the more relevant story of this week though, is what happens to Tennessee? Because again, they're not the prosecutor in, in this case. If we're using court analogies, they're they're a co-defendant um, and, and they're being tried for level one failure to monitor. Now, you know, we know all about their exemplary cooperation uh, opening their arms to the NCAA and saying, you know, come investigate us. Um, we we screwed up, we fessed up, we did the crime, but don't make us do any of the time. That has been Tennessee's strategy. There is some belief that strategy will pay off in this new era of NCAA f- enforcement with the, the new Constitution, but this is sort of a, a guinea pig case. There's not a lot on paper to show whether the NCAA is is going to take it easier on the institutions uh, which is kind of what we've been led to believe.
2: I guess the other question is, though, it seems to me, first off, exemplary cooperation, I always say good luck. I, I think the Auburn strategy is always the best, like lawyer up and fight to the death. Like I, I've seen so Missouri, I think, tried to get it, and it yep. didn't work out. Ole Miss originally got it, and then they said they took it away, so that kind of got complicated. It just always feels like, to me, the, the best strategy is the – is the fight till the death, like, just do what Auburn does, I feel like. But for me, the big question is, is the enforcement staff, like, I feel like that they're back to kind of like where they were post-Miami, where, like, they, like they're like they trying to, like, reassert their dominance. And, and to me, like, that
3: should be a fear for Tennessee. I think Tennessee should be concerned here. Now, what does concern equal? Right. Does that mean postseason ban? I don't know. Does that mean more scholarship reductions? maybe recruiting restrictions, maybe, but I th- I do think, you know, that, 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 that it is very easy to be caught up in the whole Jeremy Pruitt thing and saying, Oh, well, Jeremy went up to, to Cincinnati to finally take his medicine. Well, he did. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he got wrapped over the knuckles uh, for about 20 hours up there in Cincinnati this week. Um, but, but again, yeah, the, the real key is that Tennessee is also facing that, that level one failure to monitor. And as you said, some schools in the past, like Missouri, have been uh, applauded by the NCAA for their exemplary cooperation. Uh, and then kneecapped at the 11th hour, uh, they got a postseason ban across multiple sports. Oklahoma State basketball mm-hmm. is one more recently, uh, about a year, year and a half ago, got applauded for their exemplary cooperation in a case. And they got a postseason ban. Now, all of that was before the new NCAA constitution that was ratified last August. And that constitution says, basically, to the greatest extent possible, um, there will not be punishments on athletes that didn't have anything to do with the infractions. And, and, and the interpretation of that is uh, the NCAA is going to be less likely to do postseason bans uh, in the future because that punishes current athletes that had nothing to do with what's happened in the past. But, you know, that phrase, to the greatest extent possible, I mean, that's sort of a nebulous phrase, right? What, what will that really mean? Um, is is this one of these cases where there was just too much, uh, too many violations to ignore, and, and the institution's going to have to get, uh, suffer some sort of penalty here? I, I think I would be surprised if Tennessee, you know, skates past here without any sort of sort of penalties. Uh, how severe they are, I, I just don't know because, yeah, I, I'm like you. I'm not particularly trusting of this, uh, you know, give a big hug to the NCAA, uh-huh. welcome a man, and expect to be rewarded. That's yeah. not been a winning strategy in the past, but we just don't know yet whether the NCAA has really evolved or, or not. There's not enough yet on paper. All
1: right, totally different topic. How do we feel? No nope, no. Nope. Clock stopping after a first down, starting this season. <laughs> this is a big deal. Yeah. yeah Continuous it's gonna clock.
3: Of, it's going to cut out a handful of plays per game. I'm, I'm, I sort of tend to fall into the category of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, you know, I, I think. But isn't it whatever, broke? Is it, is it broke? I mean, I don't I don't games are games, too long. But the, this is the problem.
2: I do think, first off, like in general. I usually think the pro the pro sports usually get the rules better. Like for the most part, like maybe we can nitpick on a few things. The running clock; it's still going to stop in the last two minutes. But the bigger thing is, it's not necessarily the the running of the clock that makes the issue. Is CBS going to be allowed to take five and a half minute commercial breaks every thirty eight seconds? Because that's the real
0: problem.
3: Well, and that's just it. I mean, a couple things. One. You know, I don't think there's very many times where, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's very many times where the fans walk out of a college football game and think, you know what I disliked about that game? I spent 15 minutes longer in there than I wish I would have. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I buy this thing that the people who love this sport um, wish the games were, were shorter. Um, it's definitely a t- It's the television it is product a, it's a, part. Yeah, it's a TV problem. But 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 as you said, there are other ways to shorten the game. And I go back to these replay reviews. How many times do we not review the spot of the ball, and 99% of the time it's, well, there's not enough evidence to change the spot. I mean, They should go to eliminate.
1: NFL review rules,
2: too, honestly.
3: It, yeah, I mean, give, give each team, what, two challenges? It challenging- shouldn't be like booth review for every game play. I mean, if, play.
2: You give them a, if you even want to do, because college officials are worse than NFL officials, if you want to sit there and go give them two challenges a half, I'm fine with that.
1: But or the, I always like the rule of like you can get like an extra challenge if you're getting it right,
2: you know. The, like But well, the biggest sure. problem, like to me, like the bigger problem is officials now call the game with replay in mind, and so it's like they make a call knowing well we'll just go to replay and get oh, it right. We, it's like yeah. oh my god, yeah. Well, that's kidding? what I'm
1: saying. You'll ch- you change yes. That. I mean, you go to the you're going to the NFL rules on you know clock, stoppages, and what have you. You should do it for – I think you should – I think the NFL replay review system is not perfect either, but I think it is better than the college system.
3: Yeah, it was interesting. Guys. I was down in Birmingham uh, this week and, and was part of a group. that got a tour of the SEC's uh, big replay studio. It's a pretty impressive setup they got there at the league office in Birmingham, and the SEC's quarter, coordinator of officials was talking to us through kind of the process um, that football replays go through, and you know I asked about you know how do you weigh getting the call right, which is obviously the top priority, but also keeping in mind like pace of play here, speed of the game is sort of the top topic hovering over the sport and and he said, you know I feel like yes the first the first priority is you got to get the call right and until um, until we're doing that you know with top level accuracy, only then can we move on to to speeding things up and um, you know, he, he he did say though that he does look at the percentage of replays that lasts longer than two minutes. Yeah, he said that's sort of the the marker in his mind of not to say that there shouldn't ever be situations where it should not last longer than two minutes, but in his mind that's kind of the breaking point of you know kind of strive for that under the under two minute mark. But you know, I asked him how many replay reviews lasted longer than two minutes last season. He said um, nineteen percent. And to me, that's just a I don't know. I guess it's a hard job, and, and maybe it's easy for for me to say, "Hey, make this call in sixty seconds." Um, but or like I you know, maybe put time in time a rule
1: to, where like, okay, oh. they go to a they go to a commercial break whenever there's a replay review, and you got to get the replay review done by the
2: time the commercial break's done. The, uh, the, there's also another answer here, guys, and I don't know why. Like, the NFL won't admit that they're doing it, but they are. Like the command center, the eye in the sky that like they've all got the monitor, they've got the earpiece in. And, you know, you'll see, like, clearly there's someone talking to him, like, hey, you got the spot wrong. Move it back a yard. Like, to me, like, just streamline this thing. Like, it doesn't have to be where you have to stop and go get the headset and watch the replay official that's, you know, in between bites of his hot dog that, are, that he's trying to rewind his TiVo. Like, I, there's, there's a bunch of better
3: ways to do this now. With, going back to the, the, the clock thing here that, that started our conversation, I'm, you know, we know that the longer games go, the uh, the chance for an upset decreases. I, I don't know if this is going to have a big enough impact. Um, you know, it might cut out say seven ten plays a game, seven to ten plays a game. I'll, I'll be curious to see does that increase the chance of upsets because you know the shorter the game, the more upsets, right? If the game ended after two drives, uh, you'd have more upsets in in every sport. You know, if the game ended after one quarter uh, or one half in basketball, you'd have more upsets. So uh, I don't know if this is enough to change outcomes uh, of games and and swing it a little bit more to the underdog, Um, but I think that will be something worth monitoring because, as I said, the the shorter the game, uh, I think it favors the underdog the longer the game goes. Uh, the better chance that that the better team is going to prevail in the end. It's
2: why something that never made sense to me, so many of these coaches, like, let's be real. More teams than not should want shorter games because more teams than not are going to be underdogs against these better teams. Yet consistently I would always see these coaches at, like, mid-tier programs, like, eh, we don't want that. We don't want that. We want to run more plays. And I'm like, no, you don't. Like. The NFL has close games because they're shorter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, True. you, yeah. I, it never made sense to me.
3: Yeah, and of course the NFL also spreads the talent Correct. around too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing. The service academies we've seen them do over the years, right? I mean, they they've run the triple option, um, which is not an offense that you see anymore. So it can be tough to prepare for. But it also shortens those games. I mean,
0: okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.